0: All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Tuplets? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? How are you? Are you okay? Is everything all right? What day is today? Thursday? Tonight? I will be in Troy, New York. Tomorrow, Friday, I will be in uh, Laconia, New Hampshire, and then Saturday, Burlington, Vermont at the Flynn Center, all right? I'm just throwing that out there, that Flynn Center gig. Is it going to be snowing? What's going to happen? Going to be driving around the northeastern seaboard. Is it almost? Not really? New England, how's that? Might be snowing, going to be like the old days. Going to be like getting snowed in in Boston. So many years of my life I spent back there driving through snow, digging my car out. Of feet, multiple feet of snow to slide around the streets like every other idiot. Man, looking forward to it. Looking forward to be- <laughs> to being terrified on the roads of New England over the next few days. How are you guys doing? At least it'll get me engaged. There's nothing like driving in a snowstorm to make you feel present. That's where I want to be, man. I want to be awake, engaged, and present and scared that someone's going to slide on black ice into my vehicle from the other side of the highway. That's living, man. That's living on the edge. Just, hey, man, if I don't pump these brakes, these things are going to lock up, and all that black ice I can't see might just send me spinning down 95 in all different directions. Who knows where I'll land? Good times are coming. Uh, Today on the show, I've got Mike O'Brien. Now, Mike O'Brien is a guy I met a few years back with Lynn. He's a comedian and a sketch performer and a former writer on Saturday Night Live. But he co-wrote the movie Sword of Trust, which was Lynn Shelton's last movie with me in it, uh, with her. He also created the series AP Bio, which is where Lynn met him and asked him if he wanted to collaborate. So we have an interesting entwined uh, history through Lynn, so we get to talk about that a bit. But uh, I never really... Uh, this is the first time I've ever really talked to him for any, for, for any amount of time. But uh, it turned out good. Look, you guys, something's got to give. I know right now I sound kind of chipper, but uh, the bottom is fallen out a little bit. And you know, I'm a guy who talks about mental health a lot, but I can feel it. I can feel the bottom getting a little soft, whatever that means. It's like... The the floor is a little shaky on the uh, foundation of psychic me. I I do know that a few days ago when uh, I drove up the coast there to do those shows in Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo, there was a tremendous amount of relief. But that's just relief from the day to day of the house It doesn't necessarily get you out from under everything. But I did notice something during the shows is I could feel the bottom of me. Like it's it's not depression, but there's it's a very thin veil. It's not a veil, is it? It's a very thin, porous, uh, film, <laughs> Meta- you know, a metaphorical film between me and my emotions and the audience. You know, the the veneer of the guy, Mark Maron, who lives on the comedy stage, is very close to the skin of the actual Mark Maron. So that, uh, that amazing song and dance, man, that you see on stage at my shows, it's just behind it. There's a raw, throbbing ember of uh, existential crisis. But no, but what happens is because of the material I'm doing, which is very close to the bone and it's very delicate in, in how close it is to, to uh, terror and uh, panic and trauma and you know the world we're living in. I, I mean, that's exactly how I like to, uh, to do my comedy. But there were moments where I would feel like, you know, like, wow, one little tweak and this is just horrific. And I think that's a good sign. But I was dipping in and out of that. I, I had to hold the line within me to keep it funny. And uh, that feeling I couldn't quite identify. And then I was talking to, uh, to Kit, the, the cat girl. And I was like, you know, I, I'm just not talking to my friends as much anymore. I seem to have drifted from my buddy Jerry, from, um, you know, t- I haven't spoken to Tom in person in a while, even Sammy, you know, him and I are, like, you know, not a day-to-day anymore, and, like, you know, I'm starting, you know, Dean and I are, like, uh, sort of estranged, and it's just, like, all of a sudden I realize, like, ah, man, I'm not really talking to anybody, am I? She goes, you sound depressed. I'm like, what? No, it's, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I just just need the time man i just can't handle it i can't i don't know and then i thought maybe i am maybe i'm i got a little bit of the depression going on maybe it's time to hit a meeting as they say or lock in with the therapist figure it out what is it what's gnawing at me i don't think it's chemical i've known myself long enough to know that i don't experience uh Chemical depression. It's not a biological thing. A lot going on. Weight of the world and whatnot. Weight of the life. And I look, mine is, I have less weight than most people. And I'm, I guess I'm shredding on the periphery there. I can just see the, yeah, I, can, I just see it, uh, the fabric coming unwoven. So I got to work that through. And I'm heading out. I'm going to be doing these shows tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. And uh, they're going to be uh, life or death in some way. Not really death, but, you know, when your sense of sanity or your sense of uh, being grounded or your ability to fight off the darkness, uh, that that becomes a a, a real battle on stage for me. And that's honestly the way I like it. I would hate to think that all this is just preparation. I guess that's possible. I don't think that's the deal. I think what the deal is, is uh, not unlike other times I've felt this way, I've got to put some new stuff in my head. I've got to get out of my head. I can't generate the happy in my head. I can't generate the well-being. I can't generate the peace of mind. It doesn't all come from within. It has to come from outside. Mostly, I just generate anxiety. The call is coming from inside the house. So I got to go look at more art. I got to take in some stuff. I got to Got to listen to some music. I got to play some music. I got to talk to the people. I got to feel connected to a world of humanity, of uh, creativity, of uh, people who are doing things proactively, not the flaming garbage that flies out of my device. I'll be okay, man. We're gonna be okay, right? I said to the dying world. So, Mike O'Brien, good guy, funny guy. Just did a show with him at the Dynasty Typewriter, and uh, he's not really here promoting much. I mean, you can go watch AP Bio; you can see this stuff. He's he's worked with Tim Robinson, done the SNL stuff, and he's actually, if you want to see him perform, this worked out. He's going to be at the Club TG in Atwater Village tonight, Thursday. 8 p.m. And this is me uh, talking to uh, Mike O'Brien. So, wait, Mike O'Brien, look at that. I'm doing like a thing where I say your name up yeah, front. That makes like, we're in it? Sure. Well, <laughs> I, I never do that. That's it, something you do on live radio to remind people coming back from a break. Right, right. I'm talking to Mike, o, Mike O'Brien today. Here in studio. So, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I did a, I did a stand up show with you the other night. Yeah. That was fun. But do you do that all the time?
1: Uh, I do it a good amount, not as much as um, you or a lot of our stand up friends, but uh, I try to go up once or twice a week. So, I'm, I'm working towards an hour with that. For what? To tour? Uh um, do a
0: special like I mean are you a stand up by nature?
1: Well, I came up through sketch and improv uh, as you you saw there was a sketchy beginning. I was excited to <laughs> hear your take. Um for the listeners, uh Marin seemed lightly annoyed to be brought out kind of at the end of a sketch. I don't mind. Couldn't I couldn't tell if it was over. Right. Yeah, yeah. Am I part of it now? <laughs>
0: Am I part of the sketch? I, I, I think i've I've grown to uh, to sort of honor people's expectations around my weird <laughs> dismay around sketches, but I it was fine,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so so when did you start doing stand-up though? Well, when I moved to New York, so I did Chicago improv for like nine years, basically my twenties, and no, then we
0: gotta go back now. we gotta we gotta start the whole thing if we're gonna
1: <laughs> if we gotta come up. <laughs> that really be it all. all you need
0: oh, no that, that no makes... i think it's important i think because like what people probably don't know is that or maybe they do is that uh you wrote that you wrote the outliney script thing with lynn for right. sort of trust yes and that was the first time i think i knew of you or uh or you know i didn't i didn't really know your stuff or where you were coming from or anything about you i just knew that you were writing this thing she had chosen you uh-huh to write this thing i'm like who's this guy because that was before we were able to really uh uh be um out with our feelings for each other so anytime right. there's another man involved i was like what's his what's his name
1: <laughs> that's a hundred percent the vibe i got when we pitched it to you <laughs> we went to some coffee shop and she's like it's gonna be great Um, we're going to pitch it to Mark and, and he's going to love it. And she gave like a 20 to 30 minute, uh, description of the whole plot. And you were just kind of staring at both of us and she was done and you said, and that's it. (laughs) 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 And I think we all shook hands and yeah, you were like, who's this guy? And I, I didn't understand the energy at the time, other than I did think the plot, needed more touch ups. Right. Yeah. But I didn't <laughs> so I didn't did know there was like a a, subtext? a, a male lion like <laughs> squaring up.
0: <laughs> That's always sad when only one guy knows that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and the other guy's like, what's Sarah? <laughs> what is this? What's this guy's problem? Is he yeah. all right, this guy? <laughs> It's chewing really hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where was that? How come my
1: memory's going? How's your memory? Where where do we do it? Mine's medium. I, it was supposed to be near your house. It was like a corner coffee shop bakery type place. Over by Highland Park
0: House? Yeah. Oh, maybe Cafe de Leche, probably. I think so, yeah. Down on York? Yeah, it
1: was on York. Oh.
0: But yeah, so you how did she find you? How did you know Lynn?
1: So I had a, a show I was running called AP Bio and Well we, yeah, I knew that yeah so she was a, a brought in as a director, probably Broadway video or someone new of her I didn't know Did she her direct at all? one so she directed two um but yeah after the first one she, we were sitting in video village and she was just like um do you improvise do you do you, do you write do you do yeah. like and you could see in her brain she was like this is who I'll get to co-write um, yeah. a Mark movie, and it was that from the beginning. She was like, um, "You yeah. know, I think Mark could be the lead." I'm like, "Let's leave it open still." Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who
0: needs that lion?
1: That
0: guy's nothing but trouble. I, did, I barely know him, but he seems cranky.
1: Yeah. So, um, well,
0: the backstory was we'd been writing this script together for years. Right, it was ongoing. And it wasn't getting done, and she just really wanted to make a movie with me. And that was the other thing. So she brings you in to kind of... when I'm like, we're doing our thing. And and that thing's still not
1: finished. Wait, is this a confrontation, WTF? I didn't know this is is like the Mencia one or whatever. (laughs) I didn't didn't think it was going to turn out that way. But I just want to know, what the fuck were you guys... (laughs) Finally having it out. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, like, what really (laughs) happened? No, but she wanted to make the movie about me, and she yeah. chose you because she thought you were funny. And uh, I got to be honest with you, the ending of that movie always annoyed me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little that, bit. That was um, what you were expressing that time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, that, that's not been hidden. But um, but yeah, what is it you... I mean, spoilers, but... Uh, yeah, you were... Uh, it's never just kind of fizzled or, out. Yeah. Well, it had the you and her characters
0: had a nice resolve oh yeah well that was like you know that that should have been a whole movie in and of itself right and i thought the movie was really fun and it was funny but i i just personally felt it was a little
1: bizarre and unsatisfying uh resolution i i had that feeling too and and there was some parts of me that were like you know she just wanted it to be funny mostly right a lot and i was like i think we're at the expense of the plot a little bit because she was like there should be this torture room running thing and that didn't feel as grounded even though you know back at all was so funny and everything but um but the story wise of wrapping up that the yeah the plot of the sword itself did feel and and the to her credit she as i would say that kind of stuff she was like we're going we're moving this is like everything with her was like we're making this movie. You're overthinking it. That's what it is. It's going to be great. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> and that's kind of like her her debate. But she just gets like, things done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and she commits to things. And then, you know, that was uh, and that. was that. But uh, I had a great time with it. And it was fun. And you had your uh, little appearance in it. And, yep. And then we became sort of, uh, you know, we knew of each other mm-hmm. then after that. But you don't, where'd you come
1: from? I grew up in, uh, Tiny town in Michigan. Like uh, near Detroit? Uh, like an hour and a half south. That's not near. No, not near anything, really. There's like a half hour of cornfields around. How'd you
0: get out? What'd you, what did you, why were you there? What was your family? What was it? The...
1: My, my family is um, Southside Irish Chicago people. My dad took a job in Toledo and my mom like got lost and saw a house she liked or something <laughs> is the story. So oh, okay. we ended up in the middle of nowhere kind of. And then.
0: But it's closer to Chicago?
1: Uh, no, the. The town is uh, closest to Toledo, basically, but not not close to anything really. Yeah. Um, but I moved to Chicago in my twenties.
0: Were there a lot of uh, Irish siblings?
1: Yeah, youngest of four. <laughs> I think their goal was seven. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what are the are the
0: how are the other ones doing?
1: Uh, they're great. They all they've made a lot of Irish kids, and all my cousins have made a ton of kids. Really, and yeah, it's just kids. But uh, they're great. My uh, older sister Megan was just here with her twelve and eleven year old, which are really funny ages. I, I've just had it on my mind because two nights ago, I went for a one on one walk with the twelve year old. Yeah, and he he started going like. We don't really know why we're here here, right? We and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> he's like he's like, and we all die. I, yeah. I know that and I get yeah. that. And I could die any moment, right? And yeah. I was like, I, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was this <laughs> He heavy, cornered you, huh? Just I don't know or blindsided you with the big question. The biggest and uh yeah, is there any point to any of this? Like even I was like, well, it might be just about being nice to other people. And he's like, but then why that? To what end? And I was like, I don't have, yeah, maybe not. Wow. Where did
0: this end up? (laughs) It ended up- Is he a
1: happy kid? (laughs) Yeah. He was pretty, he was just like thinking about it all. And we ended up continuing it with my sister when we got back from the dog walk. And we didn't realize his younger sister, my niece, was kind of listening from the other room. Yeah. And was getting traumatized of the constant, like, we all could die any second. Like, you're- Maybe ready for that or not at yeah, 12 and sure, 11. So. Sure,
0: So where did it end up on a okay note? How'd your sister handle it?
1: She was getting really into, and this also made me think of the Lynn stuff, of like, are we as a society good at handling death? Yeah. Because um, I thought there was, um, with Lynn, there was um, Zoom memorials hosted by Michaela Watkins and her husband that were- really nice and helpful. Right for... away. It was like a, yeah. a
0: shiva almost. Right. It was, it was heavy though because I was like so traumatized.
1: Yeah, you were in the thick of it in a way that yeah, everyone else was sort of different. like, we miss when
0: And I'm like, <laughs> her car's in my house. It's my yeah. house. Yeah. I still have her her hat up. You know, it was like, it's yeah. a lot of stuff. But but yeah, I just kept, uh, well, I'm talking about it on stage a bit and I just talk about how I got very exhausted from crying in front of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, because it's just, uh, that's what you do. Yeah, and I don't know that I've ever experienced anybody in in that type of grief before. Maybe I have, but like, there's no. How do you do that? You know, I don't. I don't remember seeing it. I I tried to yeah. you know discuss it on stage about how culturally we don't have really a mechanism, but I I guess religion has them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know how 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 to, how to process what to do steps. To take, but uh, how any individual deals with it. There's no way to deal with it. It's just going to keep coming. But I guess if there's trauma, eventually you have to resolve that.
1: Yeah, and the like. What we were talking about that night was like the more Buddhist philosophy is like embracing it, and you're happy about this next stage. And I'm like, that's hard to get to from where we're raised and everything. Sure. um, but I guess that's the goal where you're like, oh, my God, what a great thing. My one of my favorite people died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to Have the kid can't... take that? Did, 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 did she lay that on the kid? The Buddhist? Yeah, yeah. Get Excited. It's coming.
1: Yeah. It's It's going to be great news for you. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of said, I think I could. I don't think I'm that scared of my own, which especially when you're twelve. Sure, sure. he said. But I think I'd ha- still have a lot of trouble with like my family dying, and we're like, yeah, that's all right. Yes. <laughs>
0: that's- well, there is like the one thing about having it as close as it was it, 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 with Lenin is, it, is that there is something you know painfully human about it, and there is something permanent about it, and there is something you know almost comforting when you're ar- around it like that, where you realize like, well, that's just going to happen. And yeah. then that's the eternal nature of it, is that we all end up gone forever, really. Yeah. And I guess it's okay. But it it's inevitable. I mean, I, I tried it's made me sort of cynical about sort of my reaction to it. It's like, yeah, okay, that guy died. It's yeah. It's sad. The absence is, is real. Yeah. But uh get ready. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like online culture also has got bad language for it. It's like always so sad. So too. Even with like a 98 year old, you're like too soon ripped from us. Yeah. yeah. These phrases that are. um, Yeah. You do wish that they could thoughts and prayers right right. too soon (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. I you know online you can't that's not everything gets processed in in a day as well
1: yeah the world got a little less happy today (laughs) and you're like well I hope not (laughs) that's was it all hinging on Bob Saget
0: (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing that was it that was the load load bearing So in Michigan where are you like uh are you exposed to funny things and like are you a high school funny person?
1: I think so. I, I my older siblings and parents are funny and, and we you know watch a lot of comedy and talk yeah. about it a lot. Not never the concept of doing it was never a thing when you grow up out, I know. You out never of thought, LA I,
0: I never thought about
1: it. No. Where did you grow up again? Albuquerque. I mean, I knew people did comedy, but I didn't know that there was a
0: process. I think I thought they just arrived fully baked.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's never talk of that. Um, Yeah. I think in high school it was like a defense mechanism because, you know, girls uh, weren't happening. So I was like, well, I'll be so weird that it'll look like I wasn't trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's why- People are it's on always, purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm alone on purpose. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> no I like one a, likes me on purpose. <laughs> I had like a funny helmet I drove to school with and you stuff. Drove, and oh, you're a helmet guy. Yeah, I went helmet and on, on purpose helmet. <laughs> yeah, not. <on> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, like a, a baby with a soft spot in their skull. But I was 16, and and then you know you're like, what kind of helmet? Like a Nazi helmet or. It, it, no, Mark. Not kidding me. Uh, gotcha interview. It was just a white it looked like a half a ping pong ball oh, a yeah, mouse yeah, type, yeah, sure. yeah, whatever that is. Yeah,
0: I had one of those to ride my mini bike. My dad had bought a helmet. It's not the whole head helmet, it's just a skull top helmet. Right. With the ear flaps that were kind of that kind of wrap there's a Chin yeah. strap.
1: Yeah, there's a chin strap, right. exactly. Did um, you ride a bike? No, that was like in my car. So that's you know, so then my buddies are going, that's why he's not making out with girls right and left is he's he's too quirky. Yeah. Uh, he's got a helmet on. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um and then yeah, just had heard like, you know, uh enough Chris Farley and Bill Murray type um references to Second City to, that. I moved there, and and my sister and I signed up for those classes. But after uh, did you go to college? Yeah, went to Michigan. That's a good college. Yeah, University of Michigan. Yeah, isn't that the good one? It's, in my opinion, it's the good one for sure. Or is there another one? Is there Michigan State or There's something? There's also Michigan State. Yeah, but
0: one of them is like supposedly like a, I remember being talked about like it was a good school.
1: It's Michigan. a good public school. Yeah. So what'd you do in college? Um, I was on the crew team. I had a, you a uh, boat. Yeah, with the helmet. Not, I left the helmet at home. That would have been good. Because the girls still weren't happening. But um I really? had, crew
0: didn't get you girls either?
1: No. No. Were only, you good at it?
0: Were you like uh I
1: was medium. Um I had a comedy newspaper that also didn't get me girls, but it got me excited about writing comedy.
0: You uh came up with it or was it an, an existing thing, like the lampoon where you people came through it?
1: It was um Inspired by Lampoon and yeah. Onion, but it was a new new thing. You did it, yeah. You and took the initiative. That's right. Editor in chief. Editor in chief, and, and had a bunch of rowing buddies writing for it. None of who aspired to be comedians or writers. It was a. It was not the Lampoon or Onion, but it was fun, and it got me um, got me backstage at uh, Norm. Uh, he toured, and um, right after he got fired from SNL, Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Yeah. And, um, I had a press pass because of this, so I could go meet him. It was yeah. the first stand-up show, sure, I at college. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Were you, you met Norm?
1: Yeah. Were you buddies with him?
0: Are you? I knew him. I mean, I don't know. if We were buddies. Not sure who my buddies are. <laughs> we all are. You know, we're peers. He was not an enemy, and I've interviewed him, and you know, we were friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened when you met him? How was it? Was it, did it change your life?
1: Uh, no, it was probably a good intro of all the famous meetings, uh, that happened. He was, he was nice, but we immediately didn't have anything to talk about. And yeah, um, it was awkward. He's good at awkward. It was, it was a little awkward. There was a weird thing where he was sitting eating like a fruit plate yeah, and then in a kind of long thin room and all the press was standing so far away. And then he was just alone in this chair, like 20 feet from us, like a bunch of college press kids were just scared to walk up to him and talk. And so we kind of sat and watched him and he'd make an occasional comment. It was weird, um, but... (laughs) Who who established
0: that was the way it was supposed to be? (laughs) Was everyone just nervous and standing away? I think so, yeah. I wouldn't call him an inviting guy necessarily. No.
1: Hey, eh, eh. Yeah.
0: Eh. That was your first comedy experience.
1: That was my first stand-up comedy and and, um, I I was Was blown away. It was so funny. He seemed like he was doing... I now know these terms, um, like a half hour of his material, and then maybe a half hour of riffing. Oh, yeah? Which- um, Q&A
0: stuff, or just off-
1: He would just say, what else else going on? And someone would yell, of course, like, OJ, and he was like, yeah, 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 but what else? And then finally got to something about having sex with pigs, and he was excited about that and riffed on that for like 15 minutes, and- (laughs) Uh, I was, yeah, mind-blowing. I was like, he's making this up? It probably was very medium. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. (laughs) But he's so funny, so that was great. Well, yeah, let's jump back to who are your buddies? Like, if you had to make a list. Of me? Yeah. Your comedy buddies.
0: Well, you know, there are guys I started with. There are guys that, you know, I talk to now. Mm -hmm. You know, but most of the time... It feels like a community, like a peer group. Like, yeah. I don't hang out with many people. And, I, and, and lately, I hang out with even less. I don't even know why. Uh, because I think stand-ups are solitary beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all kind of hang out. You know, my social life, part of it is going to the comedy store and saying hi to everybody and talking in the green room and stuff. But outside of that, and outside of being on stage or touring with somebody, I don't hang out with many of them yeah but the you know i consider like i enjoy the company of of a lot of of a lot of people but i don't spend that much time with them you know i was i was pretty good friends with al Madrigal, but he seemed to have gotten busy and uh and then you know dino and i were friends for a while but that seems to have gotten strained but i always go when i go to the store i like seeing Jezelnick, i like seeing mm-hmm. you know uh little esther esther pavitsky's touring with me now a bit and they're all around, and I consider them all friends, and I think some of them would show up for me if I needed them to, you know? Yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't hang out with people that much.
1: Yeah. And you, like, hire movers now. You don't need them for that. No,
0: no I, I actually moved everything myself. And my friend Ryan Singer, who's a comic, he helped me out for with that. But I, I moved into this house, like, one carload at a, at a time over several months.
1: I did that, too. I, I mean, at, at the end, I had movers do couches and dressers, yeah. but- I did yeah, car load, one carload a night after work for a while, and yeah.
0: it's kind of satisfying. It is, because you can really go through your stuff. Yeah.
1: You can go through it twice. Yeah. Like,
0: once it gets here, and once you when you make decisions there, too.
1: Yeah, and it makes you get rid of more,
0: too. But sure. I, yeah, I, I don't know why we're holding on to anything getting back to death. You know, like, I, I don't, you know, I saw what happened, you know, after you die. Right. I know where, you know, it's like, who wants
1: this? Yeah. I don't know. You were responsible for a bunch of Lynn stuff. I feel like you were saying.
0: Well, sure. I mean, I was kind of. I, I don't know if I was responsible for it, but I had it. I had access right. to everything, and it was COVID, so something right. needed to happen. Right. Uh, eventually, friends of hers got involved uh, with the house, but I had a lot of stuff here, and I had her car here, and it's it just, you know, it's kind of leveling that that whole thing as to. People want keepsakes and they want memories, so there were, there wa- there was a dis- uh, dispersal of stuff to certain people, and I'm sure her her uh, ex husband and her son got a lot of stuff. I don't know where a lot of it went. I didn't have uh, relationships with
1: those people. Yeah, but I know I got a hat.
0: <laughs> yeah, hat, that hat was essential. The hat and the green leather jacket and the red boots. Oh, I got cool. them.
1: Yeah, the big brimmed. Yeah, hat the black hat. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: I think there were several of those over. <laughs> there might be a few people that have the
1: hat. <laughs> the hat. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So when do you start? Because like I, I think I'm moving towards asking you questions about writing because, uh, you know, I don't understand the reason I'm weird about ske- sketch is like I watch it and I can appreciate. It. Like I watch Tim Tim Robinson. Yeah. And I watch other stuff. I watch SNL, but I don't. I don't know how that works. Hmm. You know, I don't know that I could write one and have. It seems like you just have to have confidence in something, <laughs> and, because a lot of it doesn't really necessarily make sense or even have any kind of closure to it. Right, There's um, a new way of writing. It seems.
1: Yeah, um, Tim's a, a close friend, and and you're funny in that show. It, it was really fun. I, I hung out with them for a week or two writing too, and they're they're just um, we overlapped at SNL and um, Tim and Zach Cannon and everything, and. Um, they're uniquely good at it. Um, but what is it? So you go, okay, so you get out of co- college and you go where? You go to Chicago,
0: you go to Second City immediately or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, cl- for classes and IO and all those and, and just like slowly doing that for nine years every night. Um, and I
0: think that gives you like the training to write because you're working with other people, right?
1: Yeah, it's all, it's all collaborative. It's half improv, then you're writing up the improv and all that. But what's funny is that most stand-up comedians i know have sketches in their standup they but they would never use that term but right you i don't want to say any spoil any of your new material but you the new thing you're doing that we were texting about yeah is a sketch i mean
0: i know and i don't like i tried to add some beats to it because you suggested that yeah and uh I I think I can, and I and I think there's a certain amount of confidence in the physicality that I think I can make the physicality funnier uh-huh. because like I seem to do everything kind of in earnest you know and and people are like wow this is kind of a serious performance Yeah, you know, he's really hurting like yeah. but uh, but i think there's a way to make it funnier like i don't know necessarily how to be a caricature of myself on purpose i don't know how to execute right. i know how to mo- do funny things with my body and i it's instinctual but i don't know how to do it on purpose all the time
1: right does that right. make sense it's a it repetition does. yeah
0: i i get it but so that's a sketch in that the reason you see it as a sketch because the punchline is physical and there is a, a place where it's ridiculous, but it can be repeated. You could just keep going with it.
1: Yeah. And you're you're in it. You're um, acting out the situation as right. opposed to right. saying, um, wouldn't it be funny if and just talking. about, Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and then as far as endings, I've just never thought almost any sketch ending is ever satisfying. So I I actually appreciate when they're just like, that's the time That's we did it. So is it is
0: it just the nature of it to to just kind of like make funny?
1: <laughs> yeah. To I think to capture some moment or something. And then repeat the shit out of it? Yeah. Until it's depleted. Yeah. And then with no ending, just stop it. <laughs> and then <laughs> I mean this is all feeling judgy, but yeah. No. <laughs> You just do that stupid thing again, and then you walk away. You go get in an Uber. Um, yeah, pretty much. And I mean, that's uh, where. No judgy. I like. <laughs> I like Tim's show. I like. I like, uh, and I like
0: uh, uh, Tim and Eric too. I mean, mm-hmm. I like stuff where I know, like, there's something about the intersection of mainstream and sketch that that gets a little overproduced. Yeah. So, like, when somebody like Tim. Robinson does it, and I'm pretty new to him. Or even Tim and Eric, or even Eric Andre, even these guys that are sort of more punk rock driven. I can sort of appreciate it more because they they're not beholden to a context. Yeah, you know, they're kind of creating a thing in in whatever vacuum or whatever they, like you know Tim Robinson does a thing because his character is is all you know like my producer pointed out to me he's going to bend reality to his ridiculous will. Yeah. That's that is the pers- that is the engine of these sketches, right? So there is a consistency there. Yeah, and Tim and Eric were just multi layered in their use of you know different types of media and weirdos and things like that. So I can appreciate that as sort of an art thing. Yeah. But sometimes when I watch an SNL thing that's you know driven by celebrity impressions and stuff, it's a little different.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's what um, after enough time at SNL, I I was really craving like. I'm like I. I just want to see someone exist for more than three minutes, like and get in because you can't quite. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel believable if you try to get into the um, backstory or or really round out all four characters in a sketch. It's got to yeah. just be a moment, and uh, yeah, the type of thing that Tim's great at of uh, just one person put in one situation. You kind of get their vibe. His also, you kind of start to get his vibe and so it's almost even though they're different characters. I like can't, I can't get a sense guy.
0: I can't get a sense of like him as a person like I, I've talked to other people about him. Now you're the second person I've talked to about it but you know I I, I always I, I, I expect he's some version of that guy but I don't think he is.
1: Oh he's exactly that he's always screaming <laughs> No he's the. I mean he's very sweet and soft-spoken and uh, a, a family guy and everything but yeah can you imagine him just Oh uh, at all times he's just bringing... <laughs> but there just got to be part of him.
0: So when you're doing uh Second City who are the are you working with people we know? I mean was your what was your class?
1: Yeah, t- uh, Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson were just yeah. a little younger than me. Uh Tim Baltz from uh Righteous Gemstones was in my touring Which one's company. He? He's Edie's husband. He's oh, he wants yeah. to be in on the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. he's funny.
1: Yeah, he's really funny. Um, who else would you know? Laura Nash was on stage with me. She's in Superstore. Um, huh. And were you? You were like you went through the classes and then you were on the main stage. I went through the classes and they really weren't touching me for a long time. Um, the producers there didn't hire me, so I was at IO every night. Um, and then in after like eight years or something, I started eight years touring for a year, main stage for a year, and then right to SNL. You writing. did the tour? for I did, uh, Second City, just a little bit. Yeah, a little less than a year. Eight years. Yeah,
0: as an improv guy.
1: Yeah, and just getting more and more angry that the Second City wouldn't touch me. My whole generation had gone through the stages. Was and that never... the that? So that was the goal? Was to you know be uh, validated? Yeah, it's really hard to be in Chicago and not have that you know almost every late night talk turns to like who got hired late lately and right. should they have and and then the whole town has one week a year that's absolutely brutal where Lauren comes to town and all of a sudden it just turns this kind of utopia up on its head So
0: it's all it's not stand up so none of you guys are hanging out with stand up all sketch people
1: There was a small stand up scene that um, I had friends in and and it was like Pete Holmes yeah, and Hannibal and yeah. Kumail yeah. and um, T.J. Miller were yeah. all doing it back when I was doing improv, and they would they would do a little overlap and everything, right. But not a ton. It was uh-huh. it was a, it's a heavily improv town, and so Lauren comes to town, yeah, every year, most most year, yeah, and and oh man, I got to see both sides of it because. Yeah, you're you're mad that the theater owner won't put you up for 5 minutes in front oh, fuck, of Fuck, I know
0: that Lorne thing. They and, did yeah. that with the stand-ups when you were doing like Letterman showcases and shit. Oh yeah. So like who got chosen? How yeah. are you going to get
1: on that showcase? Yeah. And then who who went way too long? There's famous. Sure. She went 16 minutes yeah. on oh, the Lorne all the time. night, you know. All the time, yeah. 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 Um yeah, I think that's a similar world with that and How and, many how many did you go through? I mean, I I would do it most years, and and then the weirdest part was after my first year of writing. Yeah, Lauren brought me on as a, a judge. All my current friends, and <laughs> he brought you back to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And, Just you? Uh, well, he had other producers, but they they all went and head writers and stuff. But they all went to like out here to Groundlings and everything. But he only brought me for the Chicago leg to be like, what's this person like? What's that person like? And um, you rat. And I was a, I had to be a rat. I had to turn bitch, man. It was uh, no, it was crazy. And like my brother in law got hired. Um, my girlfriend at the time was flown out. It was a very. So like, wait,
0: your, your brother in law's in show business.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a writer. Um, That's your sister's husband. Yeah. So OK.
0: So when how did you get hired for SNL? How did that happen? What, how, how many attempts? What, how, what was the
1: story? I had, um, he, one of these Lauren to Chicago visits had me flown out in 2004. Yeah. And it was like the Lonely Island guys and Hader and all those guys got yeah. hired. Um, they were all out in Chicago? No, no. They oh. were being flown out from here or whatever. But I'm saying that was that class yeah. that I, um. So it was Sandberg and, uh, Hader. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I did not get hired. And so definitely imagine that was it for me. And it was a full four years later that I got Flown again from a Chicago visit and uh, hired as a writer that time. Four
0: years. Yeah. And are you just getting bitter and drunk and what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Pretty bitter. I, I was putting together a one-man show. About what? To move to L.A., just different sketch characters. Oh. And because I, I was like, so Chicago's done for me, second season, I going to touch me. And uh, that's probably as close as I mean get to SNL. And, um, and then that one-man show started getting things for me actually in a weird way that like, out here? No, just in Chicago. That got me to Second City main stage, and it was pieces from that that got me flowing out again to SNL and hired so as a writer.
0: it was just characters? Yeah. Huh. See, like, that's the other thing about sketch and about the nature of it. It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to do... I don't know how to remove myself from the equation. Like, have you ever done anything... <laughs> where- where you, like, expose yourself, Mike, on stage. I'm not talking about well, your personal life. Have you put it on the line, Mike? I'm Have not- the lights come up and you've been scared,
1: Mike? I I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel trapped. I want this part edited out. Do we get to pick the parts that get edited? Yeah, if you really need to. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, I'm not a... I can't do impressions or accents or anything, so all my characters are me. Yeah, but what if I was? Oh, you invented them.
0: They're not impressions,
1: right? And and I'm saying they also talk like this. And I don't have (laughs) like haters, (laughs) Bill haters range or something. So they all kind of talk and walk like me. But one of them, this one's obsessed with this small thing, and that one's they're like just slightly different. You
0: don't do any voice?
1: No, I used to (laughs) kind of do a Chicago (laughs) accent, but people. (laughs) What, an understudy came into my show, Second City show, where I was doing that. And he was like, So you're doing Mayor Daily, but with no accent, right? right. And I was like, I'm trying, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right.
0: So you actually do show yourself because you can't do any of the other things. Yeah. So what the, do you mean show myself? Is... Well, I don't know. You know, like, I, I, I just assume, I, I assume, not unlike we just said about Tim Robinson, that, you know, even if you're at the center of every sketch, you know, what, what, who is that guy? Are you I you see. the skill set is there? Yeah. You've created a character. Yeah. But like I find that like I guess my journey as a performer was to figure out who I was. Yes. So it was never, you know, I was never like, I'm gonna put on a different hat today. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? I'm right. like, right. I don't even know what hat I'm supposed to be wearing is me. Yeah. But I think that's the same propulsion for people to do characters as well. You know, like I don't know who I am, I'm gonna be all these different people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I see what you're saying. And and, yeah, I don't have the skill set to not do myself. So, yeah, they're all. Yeah. Yeah. It's if you watched five of them, you're like, oh, I get what that actual guy is like pretty much. And I I do a lot like the um, the bit from the other night where I'm acting like I'm talking as myself, but I'm kind of messing with the audience or something. And yeah, yeah. that's a version of how I might joke around if I was with any of them. Yeah. 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 In real life. So, um, yeah, I think I think it can be and there's in that show there was a monologue about uh, my uh, best friend having cancer and that was real but there were jokes around it he had Um, cancer? she did yeah she did? yeah she um, twice but she beat it both times my friend Shelly so that that was vulnerable I mean that's a big Second City thing is that may be with no judgment uh, a little different than the Groundlings the Groundlings I feel like they really are great at like Get a character and lose yourself in it. Yeah, and buy expensive wigs. <laughs> in the yeah, office. they're obsessed with the quality of the wigs, apparently. Yeah. But um, then, uh, and Second City is like be vulnerable at some point, point. And, and so in its worst form, something we make fun of is that three quarters of the way through the sketch, you you uh, have to go like, by the way, mom, I I love you, and I have cancer, <laughs> and you, you're like, wait, that didn't feel like it flowed with the rest of it, <laughs> but you get points for like that's a that's a heart wrenching but hilarious. So but I always got hung up
0: on that. Like I always had this g- l- envy of this idea that like Second City would find the essence of somebody's sense of humor. Like, y- you know, that yeah. there was an authenticity to Farley. There right. was an authenticity to uh, like to some of the I'm, I'm slipping people's n- names in my head that they become almost an archetypal comedic. Commedia yeah. Comedia dell'arte person. Yeah. And that Second City somehow facilitated that.
1: Yeah, Rachel Dratch when I first moved to town was like that and and yeah, they they have like a and I think a thing I can't wrap my head around is like how much of it is you because she's another one who she's really funny and um Uh, big and goofy on stage and very quiet and sweet and grounded on stage and is it just like maybe it's a messing with what you wish you could be sure or it's just something you let out occasionally right yeah Yeah. I think it must have that kind of thing like what if I could like um, just use Tim Shogun he is uh, very polite and sweet to everybody and he's like what if I could just yell at a waiter for five minutes, you know, or whatever? <laughs> and then you get to do it, and then you're right. like now I don't need to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: because I'm I just thinking about this because I have to do I have to act I have to act in something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have a sense of what the guy should be, but you know, the school of thought I come from is that you know you show up for it and it will come. You know, it's on the page and you kind of you can riff or whatever, but it's on the page, so you'll find that within you. But it seems to me that some people just automatically do hilarious characters even in their acting that seem authentic and i you know i'd like to do that but i don't know how to manufacture that necessarily because it's not my skill set
1: yeah yeah and then and then you you become um daniel day lewis eventually or something there i have uh
0: i'd rather that i mean that seems like an actory thing i guess but but there are some people that are just so naturally funny that even when they're being serious they're funny yeah. I, I it's I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. But I'm self conscious about doing this role because I want I have an idea of how it could be funny. I just want to be able to execute it without being self conscious. So I guess that's what sketch gets you is you can get off of the self consciousness around characters. Like I'm not self conscious at all about stand up. I'll go up there and do whatever. Yeah. I'm not afraid of that at all. But if I had to sort of be like, Hey, I'm here and you're you know, I like, would be like, Is that going okay? Did I do it good? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did I lose the X there yeah. for a minute? And- yeah yeah, it's um it's definitely um a uh I I think what's hard is is trying to figure out um how to harness what is funny about you. Yeah. And um like an example is that sometimes when I get really frustrated or mad, it's um the funniest thing in the world to friends or coworkers right. of mine. Yeah. That's and- always a great feeling. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> the impotence of
1: your anger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's good comedy gold yeah but I couldn't I couldn't write and do that yet I don't quite have right when I'm and I'm frankly kind of glad that it sometimes makes people laugh but I can't even like I know how to push the buttons even in that moment because it's got to be when I'm genuinely sure really frustrated and I'm, I'm like trying to I, one time was trying to pick up my bike and, and throw it down in the grass and I wasn't Doing it well, and it was yeah, the yeah, funniest yeah. thing in the world of people. Yeah. But I, w- I wasn't able to laugh for like a month. About- <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I think I'm funniest when someone hands me my ass, which is not a great feeling. Yeah, but like when I get just sort of like <laughs> called out on stage, or like if an audience up, you know, uh, upstages me. Yeah. like during crowd work or something. This really, that's the funniest thing is to see me try to pretend like nothing. That just happened yeah you know but how do you make that happen over and over again
1: yeah i had one that night later on um the night that i was on the show yeah, yeah where i said um okay i'm gonna be using this guy in the front row as an example of um what uh what we're gonna act out a thing and and sir i don't know you at all you're not a plant we don't know each other correct and he said well yeah i know you from the dog park and that was like We'd only talked like once maybe and me stumbling around that I'm like, Well that uh it was like some of the biggest laughs of it. And I'm like I can't have that in a you can't capture that in a bottle.
0: You can't and, that 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 you it's like the capturing the lightning of embarrassment right?
1: right. in a bottle. And light irritation because I was like, Yeah ha ha, ha everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about the bid I wrote. Right. And uh yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. like, No, we like that this is a mess now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like the mess. All right. So you get on SNL as a writer so you, at the fourth time how do you, how does it how, why then what what happened different um Lauren just decided you were familiar to him at this point
1: Yeah, I think I I think I'd figured out a lot more of what I I do well. Um yeah. uh, what we're talking about is being hard, but I was definitely compared to 4 years earlier, I definitely knew more what how to write? I, how to write, how to move around what what's funny what what kind of is um cleaner has a a more clear hook right it was my i'd be humiliated to see my 2004 um new york audition in studio i i was all over the place i think i was literally improvising at one point and like tina was like had to give a suggestion or something and they must be like get this guy on a plane out of here right now um and it was much tighter the next time around i think and so yeah um got hired Seth was the head writer and moved out. It's all very um I'm sure you've heard all these you know frantic you're trying to find a place and all that and who was the cast? I was sharing an office with sedecas and then um hater the lonely island guys yeah. uh Kristen it was a great oh cast. wow yeah Keenan obviously yeah um, so uh really really cool cast to come in a- on and watch and um and then, yeah, it was it was all the same ups and downs that everybody has there. So many friends were, they started, there seemed to be waves of Chicago people that started to happen around then. So I had all these close friends, including Shelly, who I was talking about, who had had cancer, were um, all hired as writers and cast. My friend, Paul Britton, uh, yeah. t- then Tim Robinson and all these guys. And um, uh, it, it's just tough. It's it's tough to, because uh, everyone comes in and struggles, even if they end up finding their footing later they're unhappy what is
0: tough to figure out how to get your stuff on to figure out who to write with to uh, uh connect yourself to one of the stars or you know how does it how does it all sort of play out
1: it's all that and um and uh there's a lot of jealousy i can't believe they're doing this one and not that one and then there's a lot of like seeing your friends get sadder and more frustrated and often fired and and you're giving advice and there's no um, I was just talking about this with someone there's no advice you can give you're like even when I was like a fourth year writer and, and I have a friend who comes in as a first year writer or something because the rules change every week it's at the the How what so? is what is well like what's funny and what gets a huge laugh on Wednesdays just kind of keeps evolving and then there's other weird rules like don't don't sit there that so and so seat but then a month later that that wouldn't matter and um, uh, if you read a piece, who decides these things? I don't know. They're there when you come in. They're all kind of handed down and um and uh, make you feel unmoored and uh and like oh, I tried this thing and it didn't work. When can I bring it back? And, yeah. And those people are like, you can bring it back in four shows. Although that's a uh, that's a British host, so don't the math that people right. and that I thought I had. I w- I gave so much advice to people that I'm later on like. I hope I at least wasn't helping lead to the, their firing.
0: Like what? I mean, like this not coming down from Seth it's just like in the grain of the community. These like weird things.
1: Yeah, are they like folk tales? <laughs> yeah, they're they're probably something that someone got in trouble for at one point. Yeah. Um, so everybody's sort of in mild
0: fear of Lauren, because like I get you know look I get mixed messages. There are yeah. certain people that love Lauren and won't say anything negative about him, and then there are other people that say like, "Well, you know, you got to work hard." But then, you know, occasionally there's somebody like, you know, I was miserable and I was terrified. And
1: yeah, know. yeah, I. But you were there a long time. I was there a long time, so I, I got to really enjoy the place. Other than the like suffering around me, I got to a point where <laughs> I was like, "This is this is fun," and and I like Lauren, and I think he likes me, and it we we can make small talk at, but and, there's always suffering around but, you. but but you're watching yeah you're people just watching it? people get comedically shot in the head and people losing it and yeah. and all that is is really hard to be around and and deeply deeply unhappy
0: wow it's like the opening of sergeant ryan or private ryan this is a beach it's omaha <laughs> yeah, yeah, beach
1: yeah it really was <laughs> it really, you're like that guy was right next to me <laughs> uh (laughs) seemed like a good guy too uh but yeah that um that was lucky and it's like as soon as i got to where i was like i have got a groove i know this place i don't feel stress i don't feel the need to stay up all night and all these things that you can't quite tell if you're supposed to do um then i was lucky enough to be put in the cast and then it's like i was back to having anxiety and having it oh my god uh, how long did that last one season. Your choice? No. Oh. <laughs> no, It's someone else's. Um, and then there was another season after that. Did my you s- do
0: a lot of sketches? I did. As a performer?
1: A medium for yeah. a first year. They they did that where I feel like they hired five dudes because yeah. there was a, a big male exodus. Yeah. And they hired five guys knowing they really needed like two. Right, right. And I mean, um, they
0: figured you are in the building.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I was around. Throw it in there, and then they said no. And there was a weird hybrid last year where I could do videos and be on camera and my short films because yeah, those had some success, but not. They were like getting out of the live. I never got comfortable with the live cue cards and and hitting marks, and never like was truly relaxed on in on yeah. the camera. It's always impressive when someone can do that yeah in their first year, but I I think normally it takes a couple.
0: So okay, so that only lasts for a year, and then you go back to writing.
1: Yeah, this hybrid where I would read one video a week on Wednesday that I'm in, and then otherwise write for other people, and and that was kind of an unhappy year. I was uh, I just got a couple things on that I was in, and um, wasn't writing as much with other people are collaborating I had a solo office at that point Sudeikis was gone and I was just kind of alone in that solo office and and that's where I was like I gotta get an exit plan and I wrote uh, the pilot that became AP bio and another one Um, but that was all fueled by like just kind of alone in an office which is a weird thing in a building of funny people you know yeah Um, but
0: because it seems like most people are paired up or there's three people or you know everyone's up each other's ass writing things yeah and Which, all of a sudden, like, you, did you feel like you were kind of on your way out? Was it exile?
1: I was self exiled. Yeah. I just couldn't, like, the new young people that were like, hey, man, you're funny. You should, let's do something. And I was like, so I, I write a thing and then you get to say it and be funny on TV like I got to last yeah. year? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so the performing thing kind of stuck in your craw. A oh, bit.
1: yeah. Yeah. I was really bummed to be taken out of that. I was, I had been, you know, wanting a, a couple seasons to see if I could try like everybody. But um, yeah, so I was cranky. And, and by the time, uh, that season was winding down i went to lauren i was like i think i got a kid out of here and moved to la and he's like yeah that's fine <laughs> there's sometimes where he really fights people and he's like you know you have children you know la is gonna eat you up but he i think either he was being sympathetic to the fact that i i was hating not being in the cast anymore or or he was like i think we've gotten all yeah. the sketches we're gonna get out of this guy oh yeah and
0: do you still have a relationship with him
1: a little bit, because he was, you know, an EP on AP Bio, so we would talk. If
0: How does that work? Was that something in your contract you asked him?
1: Um, I asked him and Broadway Video. Um, I just thought that'd be- You pitched to them first? Help me get a, a sale. I think so, yeah. I must and w- have.
0: And AP is based on something? It's kind of
1: based on a couple teachers I had that were eccentric, but- um, the crux of the comedy originally was kind of that um, thing. I think you'll relate to that. After a while of living in New York and then going back to the Midwest, it was so funny to see, especially having a lucky job like that and yeah. you know flying on uh, Lawrence plane and, and going to these restaurants all the time. Then you go back to the Midwest and you're at Applebee's and yeah. uh, trying not to be like snobby about it, and that, uh, but kind of coming to appreciate that that's also really fun and. Yeah. Um, so the main character is a an east Coast snob returning back to yeah. this midwest sort right. of thing and yeah and some originally some of the comedy was around that concept that was front of mind.
0: before we get on to like how that the struggle of that show like or like you know the you know it was one of those it was in my memory the first one that was like sort of there was fan outrage and <laughs> trying to get you know get it back on the air and whatnot but like when you went out to, Chicago with Lauren. Well, you had been at SNL for a year, yeah, and and you were just he brought you because he brought you there because he knew you knew these people. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was, you know, we
0: we watched. That's very calculating and odd. Yeah, like you were going to give the lowdown.
1: I know, and I've thought it. I was like, were you like, you know, that guy's got a little bit of a drinking problem? No, th- uh. that's the thing. I was like, I don't want to be known as the one to kill anyone's career. So, yeah. so I don't think I did what he needed. I was just everyone that came up. I was like, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I wasn't in that case gonna be a snitch about. Like they're not that funny. That's that tonight was the funniest I've ever seen them. and That is it. So you gave him nothing. So I gave him nothing. Did you
0: tell the people in Chicago like when he went back to the hotel? I said nothing. I,
1: <laughs> I honored all you guys, man.
0: Just threw nobody under the bus.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a kind of weird, cool thing, where so my best friend Shelly was, uh, he, you know, he was he'd flown her out before and everything. She was on main second City main stage, and he was I think in his mind already pretty um close on hiring her and so this was supposed to be to figure out who was gonna get flown out to audition again but we watched the second city show and she had a a good show and then we all go out to dinner at a place you would never gone when you were living there gibsons or whatever yeah and we were like sitting down at the table and he said shelly's a, a good writer and i was like yeah and he's like you can tell her she's hired and like these other head writers and stuff sitting down, we're like, "What just happened? Did he just quietly hire her? A... And Mike tells her, and so after that dinner, I found that cast, and they were all out at the bar across from Second City, and I was like hanging out with them, knowing I got to hire her to yeah. this job, and but had to. I realized then I had to wait for everyone else to go home. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we were me and her and um you're kind of like no 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 don't go don't don't just hang <laughs> yeah hang a minute yeah uh, <laughs> and at like 2 a.m we uh me and another uh, snl writer john solomon were like walking her home and i was like if you want that job you got it and she's like oh thanks yeah and i'm like no you you have it it's it, you have it. and she was like this is a weird mean joke <laughs> <laughs> and didn't believe it till the next day she had a, a Lorne meeting to make it official. But it in was Chicago? A, yeah. Uh-huh. Just like come have a, a drink before oh, you nice. wanna see more shows. But it was a it was a really nice thing that was yeah. surreal. He's like yeah. go go tell her she's hired to SNL. I'm like, I should go ride <laughs> did, did, literally ride my bike at the time over to <laughs> Did he know you guys are best friends? Yeah. Oh. Well that's
0: sweet. Yeah. What a nice thing he gave you there. And a job. Yeah. So, what was the thing where AP Bio was at NBC? Yeah, or,
1: uh, and you did two seasons of it. That's right, two two thirteens, and we had. Um, Were you running it? Yeah, and we had a. They they didn't assign any older showrunner, which was really nice. Yeah, um, and we had a um, Thursday eight thirty time slot, which was so cool to me on NBC, but we were getting housed by Young Sheldon <laughs> and really? every Friday morning I had to do a call, numbers call with them that was brutal. They were like, you know what? Your show is liked by people that don't all watch it live. But yeah, um, they had, uh, Young Sheldon had 8 million and you had 100,000 or whatever wow. whatever it was. that I And they're just so awkward, but it's like set up in their thing that they do these calls. And, so you're up against it directly? Yeah. It was the 830. CVS. I have now, I don't know who's watching television. Yeah. I mean, CBS, their average age was like 68 or something. To, And that's why their numbers of live TV are good. Plus, I mean, not ripping on young Sheldon, my friends on that show, and it's probably really good. And yeah. I think he grows up to be Big Bang or whatever. But um, but yeah, they uh, they have live TV viewers because it's... Old uh, people. Older people, right? And um, everyone else is. Even if you DVR, it, it's not in those numbers, right? Um, so y- you felt like you were tanking. No, I, I felt like we were doing our best, and I felt like a lot of people liked it. But there was a constant reminder that you're not a hit, and right. then, and so yeah, then it got canceled, and partly due to um, Patton Oswalt, who's on the show's um, huge internet following. Um, he was like, so sad to see this go. I, I'm really bummed. And like all these younger people came out of the woodwork who were fans and, um, had a little save AP bio thing that did happen. So we were that then going to Peacock because of that. So you went to the
0: streaming service, but with full production uh, money? Yeah, pretty much, Uh pretty
1: close to the same money and everything. And, Uh um, um, I, I think the actors may not not have gotten a raise they would have gotten if we were on season three NBC, but but not not bad. And and then um um I I liked that a lot better. And all I wanted the minimum I wanted was to make sure we got
0: well. That's kind of where your audience is. with with yeah. streaming, you, you you're not beholden to live views, right? Right. So it's judged differently,
1: yeah. entirely, completely. And and yeah, I just it felt like we got a little forced onto Peacock, who were like creating their own thing. Yeah. And it's like, here, take the, also the internet's mad, so take this cancel NBC show. Yeah. And so getting renewed one more. Oh, you mean
0: the pe- infrastructure, the executive infrastructure of Peacock was sort yeah.
1: of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're throwing
0: this, away. they're throwing their garbage into our. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right, yeah, right. And Lauren is calling them and stuff and they're like, ah, fine, fine, we'll take that. <laughs> and so getting a fourth season was actually huge because that was the Peacock execs who got forced on this, had this force on them saying we like it enough for another season of it. So, so the fourth was nice. season was on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. And then they said, okay, that's enough. And were you done? We we could have done one or two more. It, you know, it was all following one school year, and we didn't get to the end of the school year and have the kids like go to prom and graduate and stuff. Um, so that that might have been cool. But um, doing 42 of them, it, it's just crazy. On sitcoms, characters don't change a ton. and but they don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to, and I, I don't know, it just, uh, I wouldn't have wanted to do 100 or more, uh, uh, maybe a little more than the 42, but I was happy with that. I mean,
0: I did four seasons of my show, and 10 I each. had, yeah, but I, I had a force a change. You know, like, the, like, I knew, and nobody watched my show, but that's fine, but the, but I knew that, like, what the goal of the traditional sitcom is to create this refillable thing. Yeah. Where people don't change. yeah. And we did three seasons of that, and they weren't paying me enough to just keep repeating it. Yeah, and I didn't. I thought the the jig was up, anyways. And they weren't increasing our budget, so I, it wasn't even money that I wanted. It's like we're not even going to get rewarded in a fourth season with money that would enable us to execute, you know, big, you know, a, a better show. Right. So I was like, fuck it. So the fourth season, I just threw a wrench in the whole thing and had the character that was me relapse on drugs, and it becomes a, a you know a rehab season. Got so he it. does change. Yeah. And it's a, it's almost a whole different show. And I was so happy I did that. Yeah. For the fanfare of nobody.
1: Uh, it's so much more fun to write, though. Once well, you yeah, because then it. it's like, you know, then it's
0: actually speculative because that didn't yeah. happen to me. And how does that right, really right. play out, you know, to get into that world? Yeah. As opposed to like, here's another, who's the podcast guest this time? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. But it was more. it was more interesting. It seemed actually more real than following my current life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why was it more real if it was less- Bigger stakes. Okay. You know, a guy, you know, gets like a big opportunity, relapses on drugs, ends up losing everything and living in a storage locker. And, you know, his friend, you know, gets him into rehab and he's got to
1: rebuild to some
0: place. Yeah. But I end up in an entirely different place.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, that sounds really freeing. We, I, it's, I'm curious what would have happened if we did an earth shattering change to the main character in that, but- I think we would have needed to. What we were doing more was that kind of people always call it like community, but it's a lot of shows that do it where we're playing with the um, genre, messing with genres and stuff to mix things up. Right.
0: So everything becomes like a show within a show. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you
1: because you're all of a sudden the writers' room is activated by everyone being like, this is the this is the horror uh, episode, and and it's more exciting because otherwise it is like. Uh, remember, he's going to be doing this, and then that character always says that. And
0: well, that's a weird thing. I, and I'm just thinking out loud now: is that you, you know, for something to work dramatically you, with an arc, you know, like a theater or a movie or whatever, the characters have to change, yeah. right? I mean, that's sort yeah. of the rule. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in sitcom, the characters can never change.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, there's a great line in some Simpsons where near the end of a really wild one uh lisa says but but next week we'll be back to normal right and none of this <laughs> will have <laughs> affected matter. anything permanently or something like that and it's it's kind of true you're like you can push him and push him like our the main character in ap bio is kind of always learning a little lesson in how to be nicer and more part of the community in yeah. toledo but he never the next episode he starts out and he's like i don't want to go to a backyard barbecue ever and by the end he's like backyard barbecues are okay but somehow that lesson doesn't go into the next week and that's just kind of you're like that feels like it feels it always felt scary like if we made him learn too many lessons then you're done yeah you you gotta keep them keep some comedic tension
0: so I'm trying to remember when we were am I was that a sort of trust meeting was Kerry Brownstein originally supposed to be in it yeah and That's then she right. couldn't do it right because I remember being at Carrie Brownstein's house yes. eating sushi. That's right. And discussing it with her and Lynn and you, right? Yes. And then and then that didn't happen.
1: So and Michaela, who was in it, was there, but um yeah, Jillian Bell came right became the character that Carrie had been. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So what do you what's on the drawing board, man?
1: Um, I'm writing a a screenplay, um, I have a, another pilot. The other pilot I wrote when I was in my last year of SNL and trying to um, get some things to come out to L.A. with um, was about a character that uh, I've always pictured my friend Sam Richardson playing. And he's gotten so busy lately that he he said to me recently, is there any way that could not be a show, that that, that could be a, a feature movie? And... Um, Cause then it's just like three weeks or whatever, right? As right. As opposed to you commit to a show, it's yeah. five months to ten years, and yeah. um, and so that's a, a fun weird challenge of this like thirty page thing trying to make it a hundred pages, and yeah, um, that's what I'm doing now. I've got the the little index cards all over the, the my house, and um, uh, reading a book about screenplays. <laughs> it's Which uh, one. It's about sequences. They're breaking it down into. Ten to fifteen minute chunks. I think it's called sequences, huh. and um, and that's easier for my brain than just act one, act two, act three. It's still three acts, but they're in ten to fifteen minute chunks. It's it's good, and it's got eleven movies that it breaks it down for you with. So you'll I'll watch one of these.
0: Now, do, do and- the people that write these screenplays do they go use this system or is the system retrofitted? Like, I always wonder about the books. Yeah, are, like are the great screenplays. <laughs> Guys who like, you know, we did the 15-minute thing.
1: <laughs> there, the Godfather's all about the 15-minute <laughs> there, thing. There's one, I don't know if you'd call it great, but Air Force One is a sequence-based script uh, that apparently was written by like a student of this guy the weird thing about the books i feel like is they're always referencing their one thing that got yeah, made yeah. and it's never, <laughs> it's never great. thing.
0: yeah but they delivered one man <laughs> yeah. they got one through yeah
1: yeah it validates the whole system and then they keep referencing it and it's like as, as we learned on Doggy's day out um you deny all <laughs> <like>, oh, right
0: <laughs> well there was like when i was a kid it was the one but it was a sid field book Sid Field's, I think it was, I think I think it was just called screenplay okay. or screenwriting. Sid Field was the guy. What did he write? Was it... I don't know. Let's look it up <laughs> because that was like you know you got to get the Sid Field book, right?
1: Right. And it then was... it became some other book. There's another Save one. Save the Cat was when I was starting out. That and their that writer's movie is like um, Blank Check. I think it's called. And yeah, it's all over that book.
0: Yeah, it's just called. Uh, Sid Field, Screenplay. And this was the book. And I remember buying it, The Foundations of Screenwriting. There you go. Yeah. And I remember buying it and not reading it. Yeah. Did but you... then there's another book that Lynn had that she really liked. I don't know what that one's. About. It's about story. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember. Have you ever written one? A screenplay? Yeah. I wrote one years ago, um, but not lately. I mean, I wrote some scripts for my show, but I haven't really executed a whole I can't stand writing. I can't stand it. You mean that type of writing? You you must any writing. You... I hate it. Is... I've written books. <laughs> I've written episodes of my show. I write a thing every week that I send out to people. Right, but my comedy really happens on stage. I was write... going to
1: say you don't write. You don't sit and write. No, I'd probably
0: be better. I would add more beats to that joke <laughs> if I, you know, if I was responsible and disciplined. But I, I need room for things to evolve and get ruined on stage on their own. I can't uh, commit to the. As soon as I put it down on paper, it's sort of like, well, that's done.
1: Yeah. So you don't, you don't even have like a little messy notebook. Sure. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. I mean, I do all that kind of writing.
0: Yeah, but there's not a lot of that. Not sitting and typing. You know, Here's there's no, there's no, there's no math problem jokes. Yeah. There's no like, I've tried to do it just so I could look at it. Yeah. But sometimes like when I transcribe my bits, I'm like, oh my God, it's like a whole page of me rambling. <laughs> and then there's part of me that thinks like, you can't be doing it right. You've got to be more efficient. And then like, do you though? Yeah. So like the writing thing kind of like, I don't know. It's probably some manifestation of my insecurity, my process, but whatever yeah, it's it's gotten me you know into the solid mid level of, uh, of show business. <laughs> <laughs> you know it yeah. would would I leap into the upper echelon if I was just more disciplined about my construction maybe
1: maybe or you you might lose something that is like the the I feel like your vibe on stage is a little like you're working it out, which I imagine. Must be tricky at, when you're actually in the hundredth time of doing a joke, but I
0: don't know. Like it seems to be what's happening, though. You know, because I just did two shows and uh, two different shows, and two different people said, like, you know, it was like stream of consciousness, and you know, I'm like, wasn't it, though.
1: It's a list of eight things.
0: <laughs> well, I <laughs> like, mean, I mean, yeah. I'm working out the stuff, right? But I mean, I'm not, I, But I did like I was at Largo the other night. and I did do a lot of you know riffing, and and I guess I I don't know. I've worked all very hard for it to look like that. Yeah, like that is what I do. Yeah. But is it, anti- is it Is it is uh, it? Am I am I working against myself because people think like, well, he's not clearly not done with it yet. I'm like, no, that's 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 a style, <laughs>
1: right? Right. Yeah. It was. I heard that the style is workshopping. <laughs> right. Right. I heard the Stroke say that once in an interview, and I felt mad at first, and then I came around to it, but. They said, people compliment how messy our thing is. And we're like, we worked hard to get it to sound just the right messy. And I was like, well, that's not punk and cool, but I get it now more that they're talking about weird feedbacks and everything. It's not just they don't just start shoving wires place and then play the show.
0: Well, I mean, Christopher Lloyd was at the show last night in Santa Barbara. He came with his wife. And you know, were—he was backstage. I'm like, "Hey," and he's like, "Oh, you know, like." And uh, I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "That was great." He was just making stuff up. You know, I'm like, I, yeah, yeah. Yes, It's like I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I, I see comics, and you know what's—you know—that seems like it's planned, but you're not planned.
1: <laughs> he did. He was a guest on AP Bio. And, yeah, uh, he was great. He—he's older now yeah oh yeah because um, of time but um, he uh, he had he <laughs> will do it It'll he will do it man he, he, he had a thing where he kept being like wouldn't it be funny if I wore sunglasses and we were like I think it, you're gonna kind of look like an old blind man and um, you, he was supposed to be kind of a nemesis to the main character yeah and we had to, this awkward dance where one after another of us was going to set because we had to talk to Christopher Lloyd about killing the sunglasses yeah, yeah and yeah. finally he's like fine fine just let's just do the lines uh, so bummed uh, when the an actor doesn't get there big. But that was his big, I think my guy has sunglasses. And we're like, it's nighttime. That was part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you seem blind, but. It's so weird
0: how, you know, like, Lynn used to talk me down a lot, too. Where I'm like, oh. I'm going to do it like this. And she's like, well, I think you're like, I'm, oh, no, I'm doing it like this. <laughs> and then, like, eventually, like, she just allow it until you're sort of like, all right, what do you, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do
1: And it. then would she use yours, though? No. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, and sure enough, in the edit, she no. saw what I had... no, no, she <laughs> she indulged me. <laughs> I pouted, and then I did it like she wanted to, and it was better. That's, I asked. I was talking to Dan Beckett all about that shoot, and I said, um, um, "I know it was like a hundred degrees, oh and my God. I bet, I bet, um, you terrible. know, you guys were no, I having." So,
0: I was such. A, I was so
1: bitchy. He said it was the opposite. He said. Um, he was really bitchy and that you at one point were like, hey, come on, man. It's a pretty fun thing. We got a, this great director. She makes this stuff look good. Let's not bitch. And yeah. I was like, "Marin gave you that pep talk? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> well, yeah, because like, you know, his crankiness
0: is, like, it's, 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 you, it's, it's not contained that well. Like, you know, <laughs> when I'm being cranky, you know, I'm just a little off-putting, but like he could, you know, he's got range. <laughs> You know, is, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, like, it's gonna pollute everything <laughs> if we don't <laughs> wrangle it. Got to wrangle it, yeah. Because he's like a real, he's like classic Chicago angry guy. Yeah, you know, and you just, you don't want that on, <laughs> you unleash that on a set. Who the fuck knows what's gonna happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, has, it knows no bounds. It's yeah, he was famous for having punched a wall and broken his hand and quit uh, yeah. Second City all in one big flurry but um well he got sober too but yeah. i think it
0: was just it was hot but it, by that point i think i'd had a different you know point of view on it yeah like i'm I'm difficult with process because you know shooting things takes a long time and you know it's it's annoying yeah because i i you can't help but like i don't f- i'm not by nature an actor i'm like this is the job to me yeah. it's like i could be doing other things even if they're nothing yeah i could be doing them
1: <laughs> yeah you know Yeah, I both, I go back and forth between, like, I wish I was in more stuff. I I really like, that's the most direct way to get my comedy out there is if I write it and then I'm in it. And then when that, I've been lucky enough to have that happen, they're like, okay, so we're going to have you in hair and makeup at 6 a.m. And I'm like, oh, why'd I do this? (laughs) this. Yeah, I know. You got to really love it. And also, like, I was so intimidated because, you know,
0: you guys put this thing together and I'm surrounded by, you know, professional, you know, riff clowns. Who are gonna just like take I got Toby Huss, you know, literally like you know, climbing the walls with his character. Riff clown, You know,
1: and I'm gonna start using that term, be like, are they more stand up or are they kind of a riff clown?
0: <laughs>
1: Please. But like, you know,
0: after like one d- you know, one day of shooting, I-, I said to Lynn, I'm like, you're gonna have to br- you know, reel these people in <laughs> or I'm just gonna be like this fucking dumb straight man for like a whole crew of riff clowns.
1: Yeah, she she was telling me that that was the conversation. And it was funny to us because it was real, though. It was true. Everything we were seeing, though, you were very funny in it. It's just that that, there's always that couple of takes that are like 11 minutes long and someone's like gone into a whole made up rap or something it's never going in but like when she yells cut she's laughing really hard and the crew like applauds and the, you're like this is but that's not going in we're not gonna have an 11 minute mile well, yeah, no and
0: with me well i don't know that all yeah. i know is like why don't we just change the movie to toby's
1: time <laughs> why don't we call it that <laughs> Rip clown starring toby Us. Yes. yes yeah yeah but uh,
0: so, like, there was a little of that kind of cockfighting going on. But, yeah. like, I mean, I could, but, like, but there is something about doing an improvised movie where you do have to find a level because, you know, no matter how fun it is or, or what voice anyone's using, it should be character appropriate. And I think everyone eventually did land there, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It does feel, you can feel it in some other ones um, where. People are in two different movies, and I think Lynn w- was good at getting that. Maybe even sometimes in the edit, I don't yeah. know, because I wasn't able to come to set to that one. But um, but everyone feels like they're in the same thing because there's other ones where yeah, someone is so broad yeah they come yeah. in and it just yeah um takes you right out of it that you're like this person is really swinging hard. Well, I always find that it's like uh, any movie
0: that uh, has my uh, has John Malkovich in it, uh-huh. he's in a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like there's the movie that's happening then whatever movie John Malkovich is in yeah
1: it's a different also good but yeah different. yeah it's a
0: great movie <laughs> yeah, It's definitely yeah, a separate movie yeah, yeah. for
1: a separate show yep alright well it was good talking to you buddy you too thanks for having me this was great that's it that
0: was Mike O'Brien tonight if you want to go see him if you're in the LA area Club TG in Atwater Village At 8 p.m. I will be uh, tonight in Troy, New York at the Music Hall. Tomorrow in Laconia, New Hampshire. Uh, And uh, Saturday, Burlington, Vermont. You can go to WTFpod.com slash tour for all the upcoming dates. And uh, enjoy. I'm okay. I'll be okay. This guitar playing makes me feel better. It's a nice fuzz to it today. Natural Distortion.